0: Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and we'll try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy, those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. around here is treated like a god I mean i can never find out what he could really do I don't want this to be the high point of his life I've seen him the real sad ones they sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old
1: you know most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments
0: welcome to keeping the nostalgia Alive, the Indiana basketball memory show I am your host Billy Powell uh hopefully if you're listening to this you're listening to it at keeping the nostalgia alive that's one word keeping the nostalgia alive dot podbean p o d b e a n dot com keeping the nostalgia alive dot podbean dot com uh while you're here listening to this upcoming program go ahead and take a look at all the other interviews that we've done we've done close to uh oh well over a hundred and fifty of just just great legends of the game who played, coached, or even just been involved with this game of basketball. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have a a legend with us today. Uh, And his name is Herschel Turner, who was inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in 1991, was an outstanding player for Short Ridge High School. Uh, May have been a little bit overlooked because um, there was a guy named... Oscar Robertson playing at that time period also uh, was an outstanding player at the University of Nebraska, a Cornhusker, the first black uh, American to play uh, college basketball at the University of Nebraska and went on to have a a career in professional basketball and also a Harlem Globetrotter. And man, this is a mouthful. He's also a fantastic artist, which we will get in later in the program. Herschel, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to help keep the nostalgia alive and chat with with us about your memories about this great game of basketball.
1: No problem.
0: Uh, so, Herschel, no problem. Where, 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 it was a where, great opportunity. Where were you born and raised in Indianapolis?
1: I was born at 1079 West 27th Street in my home, the youngest of six.
0: Wow, who who first introduced you to the game of basketball?
1: Well, I I think it was the ball players from Chris Attucks. Um you know, they were not allowed to play in the City League until very late, so we didn't really see a lot of basketball. But when they came on the scene, that was it. Everyone wanted to play basketball. And see, my first love was art. It was not basketball. But living in Indianapolis at that time, if you were male, you had to play Basketball
0: so down so in the neighborhood, would you play pickup games or i mean were were you originally uh, off of twenty seventh street were you originally in the district to go to shortridge high school
1: no no, it was not all of my sisters and brothers had attended chris with Attucks, and that was my intent as far as I know, but in nineteen fifty one the district me out of uh going to attics um uh, i fell in the guidelines of going too short ridge
0: and and were you were you happy about that did you really want to go to christmas attics
1: well you know at that time um i had a pretty good reputation of being an up and coming outstanding basketball player so it didn't matter really you know i felt like regardless of where i went i was going to uh do my best, and uh uh I did that at Shortridge, and you know back then we
0: didn't have a a u ball and and all that kind of stuff that we have today uh i mean did you guys did you did was there a particular place that you guys would meet up and and play basketball during the summers or before basketball season in Indianapolis?
1: yeah, there was a Catholic church on twenty eighth street uh, that uh, all the guys would get together after church on Sundays and meet there and play four or five hours, yeah. And it was a nice uh, place because they had a water fountain on the side of the building, so we had plenty of liquid or whatever to uh, play in that hot weather. But, you know, all the guys, uh, all the black guys would meet there, you know, from, from Attucks, Short Ridge, uh, washington or whatever we would always find our way there at that location
0: you know i was until i moved to the broader pool area i was uh raised off of 1210 winfield which is right is just close to 16th street and about um, two miles from the track and uh you know it it was it was a black neighborhood I, i i'm 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 white so, I mean, what were the times, you know, I, I hear all these stories from the people that would come over to my aunt and uncle's house, and, and, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like just before going into high school or while you were in high school with uh, uh, the, uh, the racial divide that was going on in Indianapolis, or, or, you know, was it good, was it bad? I mean, how, and how did you feel about
1: it? It was not good. I didn't feel good about it at all. <coughs> in fact, I had a few conversations with my coaches in regards to uh, only three blacks on the team. We had guys walking the halls that should have been on the team. Fred Bowles, um, uh, Lewis, I can't think of all these ball players, but we had at least four more ball players that were black, that were good, as well as better than some of the ball players that were on the team. But you know, there was a limit. And it was, uh, you know, pretty much passed around. And that went on up into college. You know, college had the same kind of uh, uh, limits of blacks to play on the team. In fact, my coach, Jerry Bush, showed me letters from two colleges. I don't want to throw that name out there. But they had turned down a uh, plan against. Nebraska, because of me, so yeah, there was uh, uh something you had to deal with. it was out of your hands, but yet and still, you had to learn how to cope
0: you know and I, I i know it's not a nice portion to talk about but but that that's that's the history and i i still think it needs to be brought out there on on how difficult it was when when i was in high school uh, bill smith who went on they won the 19 1980 state championship for Broadpool and of course coach smith was black you know he i i i would just sit there mesmerized with the stories that uh, and he went to harry wood but I was just mesmerized with the stories of of the just you know uh, uh, of what happened and what went on during that time period be, because of white and black.
1: Well, you know, we had to uh, and I'm going to address broad ripple because that was one of the first times that uh, you, you know almost things almost got on hand because of him calling us the n-word and i said something to the referee and he told me to shut up and deal with it and uh, after the game the ball players came over to me and said great game herschel you know and he shook my hand and i couldn't understand that and i said something to my mother about it and she says you are going to always have to deal with this because it's a long-lasting thing for black men or whatever. So this will just makes you stronger, and I believe it did.
0: And and did Shortridge have any kind of uh, history in basketball? Were they any good once you arrived uh, at Shortridge High School?
1: Oh, Shortridge had a great team. They were, you know, probably second third best team in the city and uh, if you look back you see that when Shortridge played Addicts you're looking at 15,000 people uh, at Butler Fieldhouse and
0: uh, I am getting this correct right you guys were known as the Satans
1: Blue Devils
0: Blue Devils okay were they known as the Satans at one point in time
1: uh may have, I'm not sure. But I know when we were there we were short ridge blue devils. Short ridge blue devils.
0: And and so going into high school at short ridge, you pretty much probably knew what you were gonna go up against, uh, with uh Christmas Addicts and how dominant they were in the city
1: and state. Oh yeah, because see we had played uh I played against Oscars since eighth grade. School seventeen? And uh, I went to school 42, and there was the elementary school league, you know. So we pretty much knew one another and grew up together. Uh, so we knew what to expect, and that's why I'm saying that we had some ball players that were stronger than some of the guys that were on our team, who were the white guys, good people, nice people, but they were not the best that was walking the hallways of short range.
0: You know, I I I'm looking at a photo right now and I, I, I don't know where this is, but on the floor is uh Maxie for um uh the for Addicts, Robertson, of course, Oscar, I I'm I I'm assuming that's his brother. Uh Brown and Cersei, and on the floor for you guys is Robinson, Williams, you, um, Boatman and let's see. I mean, I mean, just looking at this picture of you guys, all ten of you guys on the floor. I mean, the talent there must have been just. I mean, it must. It, it, it's just amazing looking at it.
1: Oh yeah, we were um, uh, a small team. I played center, and at the time I was six <clears> one. <throat> we were a small team, but if you went up against reach, you had to bring it. You had to bring it. Just as simple as that.
0: And what else besides um, uh, besides uh, Christmas addicts was I mean? Did you guys travel outside the city, or did you play most of your high school high school games against other city rivals?
1: Oh no, we went outside of the city, Leavitton, Lemington, I believe it was uh, East Chicago. Um, oh yeah, I just can't think of the teams at this point. Columbus. Uh, yeah, we went outside of the city. Um, I'm thinking uh, Bloomington, Uh, yeah, quite a few teams we would travel to. And uh, here again, when the game was over, we had to get on the bus to get out of Dodge. It wasn't uh, easy playing in some of those cities, believe me.
0: Do you think all of that made you a stronger person for what you were going to do in college and post-college?
1: Oh, no doubt about it, because the same thing, um, what people don't understand is that uh, being black is forever. I mean, you know, when you become 20, 25, 30 years old, things are not going to change for you. You just must understand. Do you have time for a little story I can tell you about? Yes, please. In 1960, I was voted to be on the uh, Olympic trial team, the uh, college All-Stars, and I also played in the Shriners East-West All-Star game that was being held in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And we were treated like superstars. And we had about $16 a day, pocket change. They called it uh, um, shoeshine money. That's what what they called it. But I had, uh, we were visiting Shriner Hospitals where the kids were crippled or whatever. And uh, I had come back and we were traveling in limousines. We were treated very well. So I go into the restaurant And in in those days, you know, you had your favorite meal, double meat cheeseburgers, french fries, and Dutch apple pie, alameen, alameen. So I'm sitting there into my double meat cheeseburger. And this person come out of the restaurant area, he was crippled. He was drunk. And he said to me, as he came towards me, what are you niggas doing in here? And I looked at him. I'm six foot one, 180 pounds. If I had swung at him and missed him, I was going to knock him out. <laughs> the waitress grab me by the arm because see all we had to do is when we ordered our lunch or meal or whatever is tell them what room we were staying in and they would realize that we were a ball player in the east west, we, west All our game and I tell this story to a lot of young people I talk to mainly black males because he was wrong but if I hit him I would have been wrong. You hear know what I'm saying? That would have ended my career right there because I hit a drunk man who was crippled and he was white. Okay? That story, because there were several stories like that in my career that I had learned how to cope through my years at Short and not react in a way that would have been considered negative.
0: Wow. Um, and what kind of what kind of reaction do you get from kids when you're doing your motivational speaking and you tell that story?
1: It's hard for them to believe. It's it's, it's hard for them to believe to understand that they're standing on the shoulders of a lot of guys who have paved the way. You know. Yeah. So I. Uh, uh, continue to let them know that you have you have to be the best that you can be and you're responsible to yourself and for yourself.
0: So you know let's talk about I I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself but we'll talk about it later also but uh, was was art was art kind of an outlet
1: for you when you were younger? Well, You know, I was identified as a a special student in art. And I went to John Heron Art Institute out there on 16th Street. I don't know if it's still there or not. But I went there on Saturdays. And that's when the guys were were pretty much playing ball. But I I loved art. That was one of my first desires. And uh, uh, I was pretty good at it. And in school the teachers, you know, had me as an artist doing all kind of little special things for the classroom or whatever. But uh as I got older and uh uh one of my classmates gave me the nickname H T and uh it's been that way for sixty some years.
0: Now, when you were in high school and your junior and senior year, and you get on the uh, the college basketball uh, uh, radar, uh, was did you see yourself going to the University of Nebraska, or what, what? What other jersey were you close to wearing, or where did you want to go? And how did you how did you end up at Nebraska?
1: I didn't really care. <laughs> I was the youngest of six, and everybody in my family had attended college, so it was automatic for me. But I was excited because it wasn't going to cost my parents a dime. I was recruited by several teams. In fact, the coaches would come to me and say, "Adolf Rupp at, at Kentucky is interested in you coming there, but we don't want you to be a pioneer." You know that kind of stuff. So my problem was they never talked to my parents, and my parents were knowledgeable about what was going on in the college world because of my sisters and brothers having to attend there. You know, Butler, Indiana University, Tennessee State, you know, so the idea of college didn't frighten me at all, but I knew that wherever I attended I was going to be one or two or three on a team because that was a policy
0: and you ended up becoming a pioneer at the University of Nebraska
1: is that right
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes you're right so so uh,
1: what what made
0: you choose Nebraska
1: the coach Jerry Bush he was an ex uh, professional basketball player um, and he knew some of the players that played with the Indianapolis Olympics And they were commuting back and forth with him and said I was was the second-best player in the country, really, uh, to be drafted. So you better jump on this Herschel Turner. And he did. And he picked me up and drove me back to the campus and made sure I was not tempered with... uh, before I got on campus,
0: and and once you did but, get once you did get to the University of Nebraska, did you feel comfortable, or was it did you have to settle in?
1: I had to settle in. I didn't. Here's another story. I was introduced on campus by uh, Chancellor Harding, I believe, at the time, and we must have talked for about. 20 minutes it seems like he was from Indiana also and uh, he kind of told me what was expected of me Uh, I had no problems with that but before I left his presence he told me Herschel yes leave the white girls alone wow
0: So, so you're at the University of Nebraska at that point in time. Freshmen could not play varsity basketball. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: And and so, what was kind of what was uh, playing freshman basketball like? And and uh, were you kind of antsy about getting to varsity, or wish wish the rules would have been different back then?
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I felt like I would have been a starter, you know. But I had gone through that before at ridge. I should have been playing when I was a sophomore on the Bo- voice of the team, you know. But like I said before, policy, you know, they would dress uh, you for one or two games during the season if you were a sophomore. They would bring you up and you would play play a game, and I did that up like two or three times, but I felt like I should have been a permanent ball player when I was a sophomore.
0: So, so beginning your sophomore year at the University of Nebraska, uh, what was your what was your biggest challenge? Did did you enjoy traveling? Did you enjoy playing in the league that you were playing
1: in? Well, uh, the Big Eight was the toughest conference in the country, he called, because of Will Chamberlain. You know, Will was at uh, Kansas, and uh, you know he was a a freak in a sense of nature because of being seven foot one. And we hadn't really witnessed, uh, you know, George Mikan was a was a person everyone looked at in those days, and he was 16. Here all of a sudden we have a man who was seven foot one. He high jumped, broad. Uh, he was a track man, outstanding track man. He was one of the strongest people in the country playing basketball. So uh, the Big 8 was uh, exciting. Uh, We had Tex Winter, who was a coach at Kansas State. They were number two in the country. So it was exciting. Uh, We beat Kansas and Kansas State my last year, 1960. Yeah. In fact, we just celebrate the victory over Kansas a month or so ago, and they passed made us legends because of that at Nebraska. Uh,
0: you know, speaking speaking of Wilt Chamberlain, you know, all the stuff you see on social media, all the stuff you see on ESPN, and they talk about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I mean, and, and they're always comparing Jordan and LeBron James. I mean, you've got to put Wilt at the top of that mountain, and also he wasn't allowed to dunk the ball for half of his career.
1: Correct? Th- thank you, thank, thank you. <laughs> you know, but here again, you know, uh, so many people didn't witness uh, Will Chamberlain. They didn't, they didn't witness his his play. You know, they didn't. Uh, we had two opportunities, I believe, a year to be national on television on Saturdays. So they didn't really get a chance to, to see Wilt. Plus he only played two years. He left his senior year and went to the Globetrotters. So no, they really didn't get a chance uh, uh, to see him. He, uh, I believe, joined Philadelphia after two years maybe, after a year of the globe
0: yeah. You know, also and did, uh, he ended
1: up on L.A. Uh, also, Los Angeles.
0: also in your day too. I mean, you you basically had to win the conference to go into the tournament, correct? Yes. So, w- what kind of team did you guys did you like in today's the sixty four game sixty four team or, format or even the forty eight team format? Uh, some of your teams m- m- would have made the field. Yes, possibly yes, yes. So, so you're in, you're kind of ending up your career as a a, a cornhusker, and uh, uh, what are you thinking? Are you still doing your art thing? What are you thinking about? What's going to happen with basketball? It, it, was it kind of a were you kind of on the edge? or you were you kind of excited or kind of stressed out about what you were going to do next after? Uh, I had
1: rec- I received. Four inquiries St. Louis Hawks Cincinnati the Knicks and someone else I never had really heard of Syracuse so I knew there was interest in me going into the NBA and all of a sudden uh, they have the draft and I'm drafted by Syracuse you know and uh Syracuse already had their quota in terms of black ball players Uh, so the the most I could do is is to show my best to show my wares and I think I did that and I was sent to uh, Baltimore Bullets in the Eastern League uh, 24 hour recall that's what they called it Um, and I helped Baltimore, uh, win the Eastern League that year, 19, it must have been 1961,
0: yes. So, so do you kind of bounce around a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your pro career up until, uh, you become a piper.
1: I played in, uh, every league that was available <laughs> after, yeah, you know, I had six months in the military. I left uh, the military and went to the Chicago Majors, a team that was owned by Abe Saperstein, and played there a year and a half, and the league folded. And because I had a guaranteed contract, uh, I finished up with the Globe Charters. After the Globe Charters, a friend of mine who was playing in the North American Basketball League called me up and said I ought to take a look at coming up here to uh, Grand Rapids and playing in this league, and I did that. That's how I ended up playing with the Grand Rapids Tackers, was in the North American Basketball League. We won the conference. Then I went to, uh, um, um, well, Muskegon, Muskegon Panthers, and uh, we won the player that was the CBA, and I was most viable in the league, and uh, was drafted by uh, Pittsburgh Pipers to go to Pittsburgh.
0: And and when you were drafted by Pittsburgh, did you think this was a, another league that possibly wouldn't make it? Granted, it only uh, ran from 67 to 76, but uh, were you kind of disappointed in how your basketball career was or the leagues were going up until that point in time?
1: Oh, yeah, but, you know, what could you do? You were just, just a participant. You know, you didn't make decisions. You, the only decision you made is should I go, because at the time I had a family, you know, and he... You had to support your family, so uh, you did what was necessary.
0: And what was it like playing in the ABA?
1: Oh, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, the uh, guys—they were very tight, very close. Simply because we were all under the umbrella of not knowing if we were going to be there next week, next week, next month, or whatever. And with the pipers, I met with a lot of those guys just three months, three weeks ago uh, in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, and, and also too with that, tell us a little bit about that, and tell us also too that uh, uh, a little bit about your trip to Indianapolis and meeting for the fiftieth fiftieth uh, year reunion of the ABA.
1: I didn't go to that. Okay. I went to, like I said before, I went to Pittsburgh, where they honored um, uh, um well, Hawkins.
0: Connie hawkins yes so and then what was it were you were you disappointed of course you're good i'm answering this is a stupid question i just want to hear your thoughts on it but were you disappointed that you were traded before the pittsburgh pipers won the
1: first aba championship yes i was i uh i had a guaranteed contract so i knew i would be playing somewhere but uh you had a feeling that uh, the Pipers were going to be the best team.
0: And with all of this going on, and you're playing professional basketball, and you're you're going from here to there, um, when did you come across the muralist uh, Thomas Hart Benton?
1: Oh, I, that was in the uh, East-West All-Star uh, uh, game uh, there in Kansas City, Missouri. You know, Independence is right outside of uh, Kansas City, and uh, um, they had they had arranged me to have forty five minutes with uh, with uh, Thomas Hart Benton, and um, it was very expensive. This very exciting. This man was just an unbelievable artist, or whatever, and he was doing this mural. The Frontier, I believe it was was entitled. And he had this black man by this wagon. And um, uh, I asked him what that was about. And I can't think of this black man's name at the time. But he told me he was one of the largest employees in the country. He was responsible for all the wagon trains that were being built to take people west. So uh, I got a, kind of excited about that, and uh, I was already excited about Black Cowboys, so I just uh, followed up on that and did my series of Black Cowboys.
0: And that mural he did wasn't too far from the Presidential Library, Harry S. Truman, was it? It was in
1: Harry S. Truman Okay, library. okay.
0: So, so, so then I have seen that. So I, I thought it was actually in Independence, but it's actually at the library.
1: Yeah,
0: he was right. He was right there at his uh, museum. So tell, Harry S. Museum. tell us a little bit about how y- your art works. I mean, what I mean, what, what inspires you, or what I mean, do you just did. Did you schedule when you would sit down and make something? Would you would make something all in one sitting? Would you spread it out? And what were your, kind of your thoughts and your your emotions when you would would make your art or do make your art?
1: Uh. History more than anything else, the majority of uh my paintings or my work was uh, uh indicative of our history our past history, our ongoing history whatever um, The latest pieces I did were before my eyesight started going bad was uh, uh Mandela and uh my
0: and if people are interested in uh herschel's art you can go to herschel turner historical dot com that's herschel that's with two l's herschel turner historical dot com i was actually going through there um i, I there was a I mean, I, I, and it's a great piece was um uh, the one you did of uh, Eric Clapton—is uh, that something that just came to your mind, or did you enjoy his music, or, or why did you do it? Oh piece no,
1: me what yeah. do you mean, Eric Clapton? You better believe it. <laughs> this man is unbelievable. You know that. <laughs> Don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he, uh, he, you know, he gave credit to the black artist doing that, doing his. You know, he's still alive. But, I mean, he, B.B. Uh, uh, B. King and all of them, yeah, Eric is terrible. He's a bad man. No doubt about it. You know, it's
0: funny that you said it. You know, it's uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm an alcoholic, and I've been sober for uh, about two years and three months, and um, I read Eric Clapton's book, and he's had addiction problems also. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always interested in um, how people... Uh, um, survive or cope with their addiction and move on with it and continue their sobriety so Eric Clapton is up there well n- number one as a musician but also as someone you know he's he's made the jump from addiction to continuing on in life without having to be high if that makes sense
1: yes it does yes it does you know I know all those stories and uh, uh, you know people ask me about that because you know He's probably one of the only white guys, Caucasians, that they would see in my repertoire. But uh, you know, I didn't discriminate. I, I love Eric Clapton. <laughs> I love Eric Clapton too. I just didn't pick him out because he's white.
0: <laughs> 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 um, Herschel, what do you think of what do you think of basketball today? And be it high school, college, or pro. What do you, what do you think about the game today? As is, is, I mean, it, it, it's changed. I know you wish you maybe could have been what it is now, possibly. Or what do you think about the game and how it's uh, uh, played and done today?
1: Well, because of my eyesight, I listen to it. <laughs> so, but I I get upset because when I played ball, you couldn't you couldn't turn the ball over twenty times a game. Or, you hear what I'm saying? I mean, because if if I were a guard and I passed the ball over five times, that mean I had to run about 25 laps the next practice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You you were spanked for turning the ball over. These guys today, you know, they turn the ball over and it's, it's no big deal. You know, uh, I think the referees are too too involved basketball is a contact sport they got too many tit-tat you know fouls that they call whatever um, I uh, like the idea of uh, the three pointer you know it gives a lot of excitement to the game and uh, I, I guess I really have no problem with that um, it seems like it came along late because we have a lot of ball players that you know jimmy rail mm-hmm. you know that name
0: the splendid splinter
1: <laughs> yeah he tore three-pointers season up you know uh, let's face it uh, there are a lot of guys forty fifty years ago that could have really have benefited from that three-pointer
0: herschel did you have any children
1: i got three daughters
0: uh, any of Catrice, the Catrice
1: okay. Catrice Monique and Tanya
0: any of those follow your path in playing the game of basketball or athletics
1: no no no
0: so do you wish sti- do you do you so uh, how can people or do you do a lot of motivational speaking
1: on occasion you know people that that call on me or whatever I have most of the times i I'm in five Hall of Fames. I'm a legend in four states, and when people hear about that uh they think that's outrageous i I've participated in probably thirty boards here in this area in uh in Michigan and uh uh You know, people like you calling now, wanting to hear my story or whatever, uh, call on me quite a bit. Um, But i got to make choices about if I really want to do it or whatever. I have a lot of friends who are involved in education, athletics, whatever. I have a friend who just missed by one game of being the state champions, girls class A or whatever so I try to stay as attached as much as I can but it's it's not easy
0: you know and speaking of the word not be speaking of the phrase not being easy how what were your feelings when you got the phone call about being inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame
1: oh I'm, I'm trying to think of well you know who called me Ray Crow wow Ray Crow from Maddox called me, and he told me that there was opposition from my coaches at Shortridge by me being inducted. And I understood that because they had decided that I was going to Michigan State. And when I went around them and went to Nebraska they were really peed off. And, uh, my thing was, uh, 40 Anderson never spoke to me when I visited the campus. Ben, Bennington, who went on to Drake, took me around and talked to me and tried to encourage me to go to Michigan State. Not 40 Anderson. Never saw him, never talked to him. And, uh, my parents thought that was strange, and I thought it was strange, you know. And then Bennington called me from Drake and tried to get me to go to Drake. But in the meantime, I was going to other schools, Vincennes, up and up north in Indiana, different schools. And uh, once I made, met Bush in Nebraska, and he told my parents he would treat me like a son. Why not?
0: Herschel, do you think that the racial divide has gotten better? The crack has kind of filled in a little bit, or do you think it's the same width?
1: I I don't think it could ever... uh, It's improved somewhat, but it would never uh, reach the percentage that we would like. You, you, You have to understand that 85% Eighty-five percent of commerce comes from white folks, and it, everything that's going on right now is around money. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> if we were playing poker or whatever, and you had eighty-five million dollars, and I had twenty, I would never. You would never lose, and that's the way it is. And Uh, it's one of the original sins. We want to admit that. Racism is the original sin.
0: So I was going through like again, uh, Herschel Turner, Images dot com. He has a, a, a amazing pieces on there, and that's uh, Herschel with two L's, Herschel Turner, Images dot com. And if I'm not mistaken, Herschel, uh, before we chatted, uh, we chatted a little bit before the interview, you said that if people order from there, that they get free shipping. Yes. Uh, and let me ask you one other question, Herschel, and that is: I mean, when did the eyesight begin to go? Was there any way to be able to fix it? And I know there—I know that they say that you are legally blind, but did you? Do you? Are you still able to see uh, a little bit? Are you still able to be, be able to do stuff with art? No,
1: I—I I can see very little, uh, and it only depends on what my sugar is. You know, I'm also diabetic. You know, and on occasions, uh, if my, everything hits the right spot, you know, if my sugar is 110, uh, um, and and I'm eating the right thing, I'm doing some exercises or whatever, I might be able to uh, see a little better that particular day, but um, I pray on it. But, uh, uh, you know, I have people trying to explain to me to try something else with my art, my fingers or whatever, and uh, I'm not going to do that because uh, I think it's a slap in the face for what I've, I've done and what I've wanted to do and what I've been able to achieve.
0: You know, I've been doing this, uh, the interviews, and I have a couple of uh, social uh, websites, Facebook, Twitter, stuff like that, for about five years. And, you know, when coming into this, you know, um, growing up on the west side of Indianapolis and hearing everything about the Washington Continentals, going to Ripple High School and hearing everything about basketball there, I thought, I thought I knew a lot about basketball, and I love that I find out more about the game of basketball and people like you with research and, and people like Peggy Perry who gave me your name and, and kind of uh, softened you up to do an interview and uh, I, I just think uh, in doing my research on you and uh, reading all about you I, I, it's fantastic I'm very humbled to be able to uh, speak to you and that you spoke to us for an interview.
1: It's fun. I'm re- really excited about it. I told the fellows that this is going on. Is it possible to get a CD on this interview? Uh,
0: that will not be a problem whatsoever. So when uh, we get off here, um, I'll uh, hang on the line here, and I'll uh, uh, get your information, and I'll, I'll send you a disc, or I'll also send you a couple of flash drives that you can share also.
1: Sounds good.
0: Uh, well, Herschel Turner, thank you so much. Like I said, everybody, you can go to Herschel Turner, that's with two L's, Turner HistoricalImages.com. You have to look through that stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, there's there's more than Eric Clapton that I commented on. Believe me, there's some great <laughs> there's some great stuff within there. But thanks for kind of uh, helping us keep the nostalgia alive. You know, uh, talk about uh, some of the history and some of uh, your memories and what you went through. And hopefully, some people will listen to this and think, you know, that it it, it you know uh, what they can do for society or uh, uh, how they can uh, change themselves. So I appreciate it, and I thank you so much.
1: I uh, thank you. I really appreciate this. Okay. And I'm hoping for uh you know the public to like it accept it also. And I thank you very much.
0: Oh, hey, you're quite welcome. Um I've got I probably depending upon uh the show, I average between like about 85,000 and about 100,000 listens. So, you know, once I get this all edited up and get it all booted up, um um I will um uh, I'll kind of keep you informed What Can I get an address that I can make the disc of for you? Sure 1706
1: Lamberton L-A-M-B-E-R-T-O-N Creek Court 49505 Grand Rapids, Michigan
0: And is that, that's Creek uh, C-R-E-E-K, right? What's that? Creek creek court Creek court yeah okay okay okay, okay so no problem I'll send you, uh, would, would you would you want me to send you more than one or you just want one
1: Where, no more than one whatever you could do okay d-
0: uh, i'll make uh, I'll make several copies and um, I'll make sure to get one out for you um, is the and, and and please don't take any disrespect is is that your wife that's with you or is that someone that just helps you no, that's my wife. That's your wife. Uh, does yes. um, does she have an email? Tech ad- high
1: school. Uh, uh, where? Oh, okay. Uh,
0: uh, what year she come out of tech? I'm being nosy now, aren't Same I? Same year myself, fifty six. <laughs> uh, so she probably uh, knew uh, my. I, I have a very. He's become very close, although I was paddled by him in middle school. But Jesse Lynch, did she go to school with
1: Jesse Lynch? No, I think he's after her.
0: Okay, well, Jesse Lynch was a uh, an official for. 25 years I think he was the first black official to uh, officiate a state finals in 1983 oh. but he's a um, I love that guy but is that uh, right? okay y- yeah
1: okay no, so she I,
0: came out same year me 56. okay okay so 56. I will get those in the mail I thank you so much and uh, uh, thank you for uh, listening uh, I, I, I guess Peggy is just full of information isn't she
1: oh yes <laughs> oh yeah she's a lovely person believe me <laughs>
0: Okay, so I will get these out to you. I'll get it all on. Does, does your wife have an email address where I can maybe send her a link to the show if she wants to, uh, if she wants to send anything back or kind of uh, respond or anything like that?
1: Uh, um, I'm saying Hershel Juliet at Comcast dot net.
0: Awesome. All right, sir, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Same here. All right, have a good one,
1: and I'll stay in touch. Do that, please.
0: All right. Bye now.
1: Thank you.